0: What's up guys? This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Clocks and Colors. That is handcrafted men's jewelry. Beautiful work. I have lots of stuff by them. We're in a ring today. Uh, they just opened up a sister company called Etta Love. That's E-T-A-H love for women. Uh, you can check all this out at their homepage at www.clocksandcolors.com. Colors is spelled C-O-L-O-U-R-S. Check them out. Second sponsor of the podcast today is Manscape. Get yourself a precise trim. Proper manscaping requires precision engineered tools. Not only does a man's sensitive areas require it, but both hygiene and ergonomics demand it. Out now is the Lawnmower 3.0. This is a top quality shaver. It features a light so you can see and you're not going in blind down there. This thing is running at 7,000 RPMs. This thing is waterproof. You want to shave in the bath? No problem. You want to shave in the pool? No problem. You want to go scuba diving butt naked and shave at the bottom of the deep blue sea? It's not a problem, guys. I want to help you guys as well. Right now, you can get 20% off your Manscaped purchase and free shipping with the discount code OSIRIS20. That is at www.manscaped.com. Let's get on to the podcast. Guys, welcome back. This is the Infinite Mind Podcast, Episode 8. It's been a bit, you know, I think I'm going to do some reconstructing of this. And the reason I say this is, um, I think I was doing too much structure with it. And it was taking the fun out of preparing these things. And I, you know, I always say that this is my podcast to connect with you guys. And so I kind of want to lean into that. So instead of doing four or five, you know, segments of the podcast, and then getting to maybe four or five of your questions, I want to do you know, stick to the current events that I always usually do and tell you what's going on with each of my projects. But above all, I want to make sure I focus on all your questions and get, you know, many more of them covered, if not all that are, you know, sent in. So it's going to be a lot more of the q&a section. And I hope that you guys like that more. It just it makes it more fun for me. And I think it really just truly makes it about connecting with you. And like, like I said, that's why I do this. So let's get started current events. I am excited because, you know, all of the previous podcasts, or at least the last three, you know, a lot of the ones from 2020, we're talking about all the things that aren't happening because of COVID, obviously. Uh, So things have changed. We're back. Born of Osiris. Let's talk about it. We filmed three music videos. Uh, We filmed them in, I think, February across Texas. Um, The first one came out. It was White Nile. It was a fun video to shoot. The goal was, let's get weird. We kept saying, let's turn up the weird knob, turn up the weird knob. So... You know, it's very Rob Zombie-esque. It's very just odd and fun. And we filmed it in a perspective ratio or something. You know, I'm not a film guy, but, you know, it's a square. I think they filmed that, like, new Robert Pattinson movie in it. We did black and white. So it's a cool look. It's different. And we just had fun with it. Um, I don't remember the order we filmed him in at this point, but the second or third one, which will be the next video, this should be coming out in, uh, you know, within a couple of weeks um we filmed it in the desert well I say desert it was called the Monahan's Sand Dunes it looks like the desert it is all sand dunes and it's in Texas I think west Texas if I'm not mistaken and we filmed it there and that's the title track of the album music video and that should be coming out in a couple of weeks here but that was a blast it was honestly the most exhausting shoot we've ever filmed um it was so the sand dunes were like every time you took a step your foot sank like six inches in. So every step was exhausting to get to the point where we wanted to be. We wanted to go where there was no footprints, so it just looked incredible. Also, I wanted to have, you know, our cab walls. We're, we have a new sponsor, EVH. Uh, we're, we're stoked to be with them, and we wanted the cabs in the desert. So now you got to imagine carrying cab walls through the desert where every time you take a step, um, you know, your foot sinks. So it was literally exhausting and and not fun at all until we got it all on there. You know, we were we were chasing the sun setting because we needed the natural light. Um, but, you know, once we got it all up on there and we were filming, I just remember, you know, in between takes looking over the, you know, the desert, whatever you want to call it, sand dunes, as far as you can see. And I just remember thinking, like, this is a moment I'll never forget. So I'm really excited for that video to come out. It's gorgeous. Um, I'm excited to see more takes of it, you know, where it's not done yet. But I should be seeing stuff over the next week. And you should be seeing it in, you know, a couple weeks, I think you know, all things considered, anything could happen. But that's the goal. Third video. We filmed it's funny, we rented like an Airbnb because this person had like a really like cool fashion, like uh, uh, engineered house design, whatever you call it. It was insane. It was gorgeous. It looked like straight out of a movie. All the walls were made of like stone and just the architecture. That's what I mean to say um, it was just beautiful. And So, there's a lot of cool things going on there. I don't want to give up the plot line, but it was cool. Like, each of us had our own storyline, and mine involved clocks, which is just cool because I'm obsessed with watches and clocks and not just how they work and how they function, how they're put together. You know, all of it. You hear the clicking clocks on my solo album. I have like 25 clocks tattooed on my body in in one way or another. So, my storyline in that video is uh, I'm like taking apart this clock. And then all of a sudden, you know, it comes back together the next thing I know. And then I smash it and it comes back together. And, you know, obviously it plays in with the lyrical content and uh, what's going on with the storyline. But it was fun. Actually, one of the times I smashed the clock, I cut my thumb wide open. So I was gushing blood. Uh, There's like a piece of skin hanging. I bit it off so we could keep filming and had to to clean it in between each of my takes. Because it was like the first take I did, I was gushing blood. Probably could have used stitches, but... We're fine. Uh, but yeah, that's coming out. That So that should be probably, I think, when the album drops. So I can't, I can't say too much on here because it's not up to me to be announcing things um, for the band. You know, there's obviously a team of people aside from just the band members uh, themselves. So it's, you know, all of our lives are involved in this. So it's not exactly my position to say when things are coming out. But I will, you know, since you're here and you're joining me, I'll say, you know, in the next one in a couple of weeks. And I'll say end, mid mid-end of summer. You know, you're going to have an album out by Born of Osiris and uh, three videos by the time the, the thing drops. So I'm very excited about that. Cool. So in the solo world for me, uh, I finished album two and delivered it. And I think I said that last year on the podcast Um, probably a million times. But, you know, things were, t- things were just going really slow last year in the industry and, and with everything. And so the goal for me was I didn't want to drop <clears throat> Born of Osiris and then this and then... A year and a half goes by before we get back on tour and the first show we played, ready to play all these new songs. Someone comes up and goes, cool, so when's the new album coming out? We heard, you know, this one's a year old now. You know what I mean? So we wanted to give it time. You know, there's also the other side of it, which is, you know, drop something when everyone has nothing going on, like when they were in quarantine and stuff. And I respect both sides, you know, whatever it is for, for each individual artist. But for us, we wanted to wait. So now we're just rolling things out. The the reason I bring that up is because I was able to go back and remix a little bit of my second solo album because I mixed and mastered the whole thing. I did everything here in the studio, tracking everything, editing, engineering, mixing, mastering. Everything was done in this room, and I think that's cool because, uh, you know, nothing wrong with when other people mix your stuff. And nine times out of ten, I like when when that happens, right? Because we get to work with all these amazing people. But there's something so real and and just genuine and authentic about a product that one man walked into a room did everything and when when you walk out it's it's the final product so you're hearing what I made untouched by anyone else obviously I didn't play saxophone Uh, that's you know on the second one I have Adrian Traza Gonzalez I think I have John Waugh from the 1975 or that's the third one I'm mixing them all together I'm actually halfway through writing the third solo album FYI um, but yeah, so I don't do the saxophone. I have this, this, uh, girl, she goes by Mystique. She plays piano on some spots. But yeah, as far as the product that you get, it's something that I walked into this room and I walked out and you're getting that untouched, unchanged. And I think there's something really authentic about that. And I'm excited. Um, I had a phone call last week about getting it out. So we're going to put it out after Born of Osiris, but you know, I like to do it where, Things are still happening for Born, so it's fresh. But uh, and, and so, like, it's exciting time. Born of Osiris, my stuff. However, I don't, I don't want to go too close to the Born release and step so they step on each other. That's not good either. So, we're finding a sweet spot, but that should be out this year as well. Uh, we talked about getting the vinyl. So, the vinyl and the tab book for this second solo album will drop day one with your pre orders and things like that, which the first Infinite Mind record I did, um, we put the record out with like a few t shirts. And then I think I got the tab book done. And then I think after that, once the project had made some money, we we invested in the vinyls. You know, this time we're dropping it all at once, and I'm very excited about them. Cool. All right, in motive, uh, we dropped songs February. I want to say um, two songs started over. What I have to give, a um, couple of my favorite songs. You know, we've ever done. I think every time we make new music and progress, I like that work better than the previous. Um, however, you know, it's like one of those things where it's not as active as I would like it to be, but I'm a busy guy and everyone in the band has things going on. And so we just try to be cool, do it when we have the time, never rush anything. Um, but I do wish, you know, we could get some more stuff. I would, if, if it was up to me, we would get a cabin in the woods somewhere a month, just the band, maybe a producer and just be with each other, you know, get the fucking phones off, get the, get away from the screens and all that shit. That's just like, everyone's lives these days and just make some rock and roll and so that's a goal of mine is is it going to happen is the funding going to be there I'm not sure but I hope so So if if it was up to me that's that's what would be next um next you know I've been doing Paradise City so I probably you probably know as if you've watched any of these previous podcasts but Samarian Films put out American Satan about a rock band called The Relentless Uh, You know, they sell their soul to the devil and things that go along with that. And, you know, the band in the movie needs music. So I write their music, you know, a couple, you know, other people have made music for The Relentless. It's not just me, but for the bulk of it, I would say is definitely me. So I'll write songs, you know, I'll do the drums, guitars, bass, keys. It's really fun. I don't do vocals. Um, So, yeah, we did that with American Satan. Paradise City is a show that follows up the movie and takes off where American Satan uh, left. Um, And so... You know, that came out last month in March. And so American Satan, I had the script before the movie came out, like a year before it came out or two years. I don't know. But uh, with Paradise City, I had nothing. You know, I got no storyline. I got nothing. You know, Ash, the the creator, would hit me up and be like, hey, there's a girl in this band for this part playing keys. So let's get some keys in this song. Fun stuff like that. But, you know, I had no storyline. So this time when it came out with Paradise City I was watching it on Amazon Prime with my wife just you know each thing each part of my music that came on the screen was a surprise to me and it was really fun and so I was able to take the ride with people as far as the storyline and as far as how the music was used you know just like anyone watching it that had nothing to do with creating the show so it was fun I had a, I had a lot of a lot of fun with it. I and check it out Paradise City. You can watch it on, you know, most things, but as far as streaming platform, it's not Netflix or Hulu, it's on Amazon. So that's cool. And it was number 1 on Amazon. It was number 1 on Google Play, I think. So we, you know, we did well. We did good business and I'm excited about that and you know, I think that um if things continue to go well, that we'll get a season two. I'm not saying that it's not mine to say or announce. I have no word on this, by the way. So don't don't take mine. Me saying that is it's happening. But I just see them teasing on social media like, hey, season two, do this and we'll get to a season two. So it it makes me hopeful because I'd love to make more music and keep the story going, uh, you know, with the input that I do have. So that's fun. Other than that, I've just been I've been hiking a lot. Uh, You know, I mentioned the screens thing like I'm just Finding myself just looking at the phone too much and it's just eating away at me mentally. I'm not saying I'm like in a bad place mentally, but I'm just saying that, you know, I hate that everything I do is the second I finish, I pick up the phone. I hate it. Um, So I've been doing things like hiking. You know, I'm training jujitsu as always. That's a huge part of my life and mental health. You know, it's not just about physical uh, prowess, it's not about, you know, being able to beat somebody up at all. Uh, that is, uh, a mental that's mental therapy jujitsu it really is listen you walk into jujitsu in the morning you get that done it's hard it's its really hard physically mentally it's hard um but you walk out of there and the rest of your day everything's easy you know given there could be a tragedy in your in your life in your day that's not what i'm talking about but overall you get through something like that, you walk out of there feeling incredible, confident, uh, physically healthy, mentally healthy, and you just tackle the day like it's easy. Uh, I can't ever recommend that enough. Um, Shooting and competition. Yeah. So, you know, I grew up, you know, with guns and stuff. And I'm not trying to get political about it. It's not I'm not a, you know, freak screaming about my rights, whatever, whatever, you know, I have my opinions on what rights we should have and stuff like that. Not getting into that. But um, yeah, I like shooting. I like competing. So I do competitive shooting IDPA. So I've been doing that. Um, that's fun for me. IDPA. For those who don't know, basically, they'll set up cardboard and steel targets. It's a course um, timer goes off pistol is in holster on my on my side. Excuse me. So and I'll run through the course. And the, and so you know, I have to hit some targets twice some targets once some targets like the metal ones, for example, once you shoot it and hit the target it'll drop a string and another one flies up. It's really fun. It's, it's something that, you know, everyone, I'm not saying, okay, sorry, not everyone shoots guns, but if you've shot a gun before on a range, it's easy. You know, take your, pick your arms up, shoot to target, acquire front sight target, shoot, whatever. And, and the point is when your heart is racing and your hands are shaking, everything changes. It's hard to shoot. So I got into IPA because IDPX, I wanted to challenge myself. So you're running through these courses and you're shooting and and you miss you miss easy shots or you'll hit the hard ones. And it's really rewarding. So I've been doing that. It's fun. Um, It's expensive right now because of ammunition prices. So, you know, I haven't been doing as much. My goal this year was to compete once a month. At least I haven't met my goal just because, you know, I'm not working right now, you know, fully touring, which is the biggest part of my income. And so it's irresponsible of me to be buying tons of ammo if you can find it. And you can always find it on the internet. I will say that, but it's the pricing is is absurd. Double the price it was before, you know, the coronavirus. So yeah, I'd say that's what I've been doing. Oh you know, actually tomorrow's my birthday, Saturday, April 24th. So gonna go to Buca de Beppo. That's like one of my favorite restaurants, get some pasta, which is my favorite food on planet Earth, pasta macaroni. Um now, uh, first week of next month, May, we're moving um, towards the city. So I'm in the outskirts of Dallas right now, and we're moving into the city. My wife works in her city, and with traffic getting from where we live now to where she is working in the city, it's just you know, it's sucking the life out of her. You know, after a long day's work, the last thing you want to do is drive home, um, in traffic for 45 minutes. So we're making a move. So I'm excited about that. You know, I've never lived in a city. So we'll see. You know, I can see that being fun, I see it being dangerous. She's a bar five feet away, you know, whatever. I've got that part of my life under control now, but we'll see. I think it'll be fun. You know, bottom line is I, I can't be selfish about things. It's, uh, you know, she's lived close to my gym for a long time and I'm still going to go to my gym. I'll never leave that gym, but the amount that she drives to work is more than I drive to my gym. So it's unfair of me to keep her anchored down to my gym. Um, so yeah, going to the city. And it'll be a little farther for me to get to my gym. But that's less times a week than she's at at work. So teamwork, you know? Cool. So let's get into these questions. First question. What was the very first song you learned to play on guitar? And what's a song that kept you inspired to keep going? Well, I don't remember the first song that I learned on guitar. So I'm sorry, right off the bat. However, I do remember the first song that changed the game for me. And that was Eric Johnson's Cliffs of Dover. And, you know, it starts off with, with cool shred. And I think as you're younger, as a guitar player, shred is like everything. Like, oh, my God, it's so fast, blah, blah, blah. You know, obviously, at least for me, as I get older and as you hear my music, it's more about the melodies for me and just making somebody something that somebody can just sing in their head and hum in their, in their head. And that's why I like that song. That's why it attacked me early in life and it made me want to just do everything in music. So it goes into this really infectious chorus melody. It's an instrumental guitar song, for those who don't know. Um, And it's just one of the most catchy melodic passages I've still heard to this day as far as a guitar song goes. And that was just a a big inspiration for me to want to keep playing guitar, but also a big inspiration for me to be the melodic guitar player that I've always been and that I'm leaning into more as time goes on. Cool. How do you approach writing music as a process? Well, it's different for everything I do. So with Born of Osiris, I'll program like a shitty drum beat, like, you know what I mean? And it's a shitty beat, right? Just straight rock and roll beat. But what I'll do is I'll just like freestyle guitar to it. I'm telling you freestyle and I mean freestyle. So you'll get four minutes of trash and then you'll get um, 10 seconds of something cool, right? So then what I'll do is, delete everything around it, draw all that back to the beginning. So now I have this little riff that I like what I did. Maybe I need to tweak something because, again, I was just freestyling. So I'll fix the riff, right? Then I'll make the drums match the riff. That could be kick matching chugs. That could be, you know, where the snare placement is. That could be now instead of hi-hat, do I want to be on China here or a ride or crash or whatever, Um, fills, things of that nature. So, and I keep going. And, you know, eventually I'll be like, it's time to break into something melodic, as you know I like to do. And we'll just take the song from there. With my solo music, um, it's it's a chord progression first. So I'll come with that. Uh, I'll come up with that on the keys. Sometimes I'll be, you know, my wife's getting ready in the morning for work, and we'll just have music on YouTube. It'll be like Harry Styles or Halsey, and I'll just be jamming guitar to it, and and I'll come up with a melody that I like over someone else's song. So, you know, I'll come in here, and then I'll be like, I don't, I won't necessarily say what was the progression from the song, but I'll kind of have a rough idea of where it was at, see what it might've been. Then I'll be like, okay, where do I want to, what guitar do I want to play it on? Six, seven, eight. What do I you know, then I'll start changing things and growing it. But it's always about a progression. I think when you're writing emotional style stuff, which is everything to me for the fifth time on this podcast that I said that, um, a progression is everything. So that's where it starts. I'll create a melody. Usually with the solo stuff, I'll have a progression chords that I create on guitar then I'll write a melody, and it's usually the hook of the the chorus, if you will. I know it's instrumental music, but it's still a chorus. Um, and then around the chorus, I'll I'll do solos, or I'll have a saxophone solo, get someone to do that, or, you know, whatever. So that's that. Paradise City with with the Relentless, it's just it's different every time, because um, I, I couldn't tell you. And then within motive, that's a really cool thing because it's everyone in the band. And preferably we get together and create something. We don't always have the time we're we're not always together, but everyone in the band will bring something to the table. So that is a really, really cool, 100%, um, just collaborative effort. Next question. Any advice for composing solos? Yeah. Um, for me, it's to not overthink. So I don't use any of those guitar programs, those Guitar Pro, Tabit, whatever. That's not my thing. I think that's just, there's no feeling that. That's Sorry, if you use it, cool. To me, there's no feeling there. I, want, I need to feel the guitar and play something and bend a note a certain way, and I feel that. So I don't often write solos a year out from an album being released, especially with Born of Osiris. So I'll have the song done, the Born of Osiris song. We go to the studio to do anything final. Cause I do a lot of the born Osiris stuff here in my studio, Cyrus studios. Um, as far as, you know, I don't do drums here and not vocals, but you know what I mean? The skeleton of things. Um, so I'll have the song done and I'll have like where I'm going to solo. And then we'll get to the studio after the song has been done for like a year. And I'll be like, okay, now it's time for that solo. Because I just feel like if I sit on a solo long enough, I'll be like, eh, I'm going to mix it up now and change it. Not that the solo is ever bad. I've, And often I heard, as Joe Satriani say this, this is random thought, but it's cool. Often your first idea is your best, right? So I don't want to write a solo and get to the studio a year later and then change it when the solo was great, right? So what I'll do is get to the studio, and as we're finishing up the album, that's when I drop a solo, and it's fresh to me. That means the song could be two years old, but that solo is fresh to me when when it comes out. And and that's important. And uh, lastly, I'll say this. Uh, I just have a a freestyle approach to that you know, so I'll loop the section that I'm soloing over and, and that's that. And I'll just keep going. I'll do one take, improvise, two takes, improvise, three takes, improvise. And then I'll find the the clip that I liked from each one. And I'll be like, okay, let's use that. And then I'll find this part from this improvised take and I'll put that in. And then now I'm starting to have pieces come together and either you can keep those pieces. Uh, I don't necessarily do that as often as I'll say, this is now a framework of what I want to do. And then I'll play it all or, uh, Maybe, you know, foreshadow the beginning of what I'm going to do at the end. You know, there's a million options of things, you know, you can do. So there's some advice for you. I hope you like it. Uh, Let's see. Another question about writing solos. So I hope you enjoyed my previous answer. Um, Would you ever try to change and switch up your riffing style similar to Novelist's Polaris ETC? Um, You know, I got to say, I haven't heard these bands recently I think we've done shows with novelists I might be wrong I hope I didn't do a whole tour with you guys and I'm forgetting I have a horrible memory when it comes to that but I can't say I've heard novelists or Polaris recently if ever um so I'm not sure what you're saying Uh, or or sorry so I can't answer the question you're asking so sorry I don't know would I ever change up my riffing style to that I don't know what that means but I can tell you it would never be intentional Okay. Top three favorite MMA fighters. So I don't know if you want to know of all time, in which case I would drop George St. Pierre. I would drop Anderson Silva. Like it or not, John Jones, I, you know, his career is, is just really exciting to watch, you know, personality and steroid use aside, you know, all that. Those are my three. Cause he used to have fight pass and I would watch their fights one after another and it was just so exciting especially Anderson Silva in his prime oh my god it was just electrifying to watch and so that might be my favorite fighter to watch in all time but I think he's the greatest of all time Not he's up there but I'm not gonna say that he was the most exciting for me to watch when he was just electrifying striker it just seemed like he's, he's got this one knockout he's coming he's coming back off his back foot like jabbed the guy and just knocks him out cold it was just so exciting Nowadays, I like uh, let's see. I would say Khabib, but uh, he's retired. So let's say Francis Ngannou. I called he was going to be the heavyweight champion. Like his second fight with that power, he just needed to clean things up, um, and he's cleaned it up. Damn, is he cleaned it up? Um, just beat Steve he's your champion now. So Francis Ngannou. Let's see. Oh, uh, put me on the spot here. Uh, John Jones is still active. I still like to see him fight. You know, whether you like it or not, his his again his his PED using career. Israel Adesanya is really fun to watch. I really like watching him. That's three. Um, yeah, those come to mind. You know, I wish Khabib didn't retire. I respect his reasonings, his reasoning, but um, I think he had a lot left. Connor's always fun too, whether you like it or not. I don't think he's the greatest there is right now, but it's just it's a show. It's a fun time when he fights, and I'm not gonna, you know, uh, just say that I don't like watching him fight. I definitely do. Uh, I don't know what this next question says, so sorry. Some of these are in broken English, and I just want to say, I will do my best to answer it. If I can't figure out what you're asking, then I I can't answer it. But I just want you to know that it's, it's not for lack of trying. How do you move past a creative block, particularly in phrasing? Well, Phrasing. Let's start there. I think, uh, you know, someone named David maximicic is a guitar player I have a lot of respect for. He uh, told me try uh, open tunings or different tunings on your guitar, because I have the same thing that you're probably referring to is I'll pick up a guitar and I'll do the same things, same movements with my hands that I've been doing for 21 years. And, uh, and so I have that issue too. And so when you do those same movements, but you have your strings are all different, uh, tuned differently in relation to each other, you find different things, different cool note relationships that you might have not have found otherwise and that for me makes me want to find them on the normal tuning that I'm playing in which creates different hand movements and you find different uh you know uh note relationships, hand movements and different things that you have tendencies about as far as a creative block I just say show up every day. I'm in here 9 to 5 you know, 6 days a week. And some days I I will write something and it's not the best and you know what it, it can that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. The next day, that idea that I had the day before might inspire the good idea of, of the next day. Or delete that bad idea. You don't lose anything by trying. I don't, I don't believe necessarily in, in writer's block. I believe in, in laziness. And I think if you show up every day, and I'm not calling you lazy, uh, Josh Chapin X, <laughs> um, I'm just saying show up every day. It's not, it doesn't always need to be golden. You know, Just try your best. Consistency. Much love from Venezuela. Keep up the good work. Well thank you. I uh appreciate that. How do you know when your song is finally ready? I've been having some issues to finish my songs. You know, this kind of goes back to what I was saying about soloing and how I don't like to do it too far out from release because it, it loses shelf life to me. Um How do you know when it's ready? Here's the thing I don't think it I think you can tweak it forever. Like I just said, my second album, my second solo album you know, quarantine six months went by and then I opened all the files back up and changed things. I think what, here's another way to look at it. I look at songs as diaries, uh, audio diaries of my life. And I know that's cheesy to some people, but it is what it is. Same way I look at tattoos on my body. Would I get X tattoo tomorrow that I have previously gotten on my body? No, but what it is, is it represents a time in my life that I felt a certain way about something and wanted this, right? So, I don't regret any tattoos, even bad ones that I have. Don't regret any of them because they were a time in my life, a journal on my body now. Same thing with songs, okay? So if the song isn't complete and you know it because you're missing an ending or an interlude or a second verse or a chorus, then that's obvious, right? But what I mean is if you have all that and your song is done and you're just like still picking at it all the time, I don't think that's healthy. And the reason I say that is because again, this is just my belief, but it's 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 your journal diary of this time. So that song is what I felt this week or this month. And I don't really like to go back and change that. Because often, as I said, and I do believe this, Joe Satriani said your first ideas. I'm sure it's something that somebody else said, but I heard it from Joe Satriani. Your first idea is often your best. Excuse me. So yeah, I, I, a song may never be done. And if it doesn't come out, I got to tell you, There could be 30 Born of Osiris songs that if they never came out, I might still be working on them. The thing is, just roll with it and and be at peace with the fact that it's an entry of your life, an audio entry of your life. And you know what? If five years later you would change it, who cares? But we can look at that, we can look at life that way. Five years ago I might change something I did, but that's not what it is. And it it what happened happened. Got me to who I am today, got me to where I am today. And honestly, this might not be everyone's mindset, but I look at it like That's how I felt at that point in time, and I'll always remember that because that's my song from that time. Hopefully that's what you're looking for. Next boo single. Will it have an album announcement with it? Yes. What do you think of the new Bootleg Royale EP? I don't know what that is. Advice for young guitarists. Uh, Have fun. Seriously. Stop focusing on the race of how fast someone can play or what they can do, what they can't do. I'll tell you this. The guy that works a nine to five, six days a week comes home and has time. He has kids. He has a wife and he has time to strum one chord on his acoustic guitar. If that chord makes him happy in his heart, he wins at that moment. He's the fucking greatest because that's all that matters. Enjoy it. Have fun. Who fucking cares about who's better at this and who's better at that? Or, you know, this guy versus this guy, fuck off. Please, with all that, enjoy your instrument. At the end of the day, if you have time to strum one chord on your acoustic guitar, and then you got to get back to your life, I just hope you enjoy that and feel it in your chest. That's all that matters. Who's your favorite sister? Asking for a friend. Kate, my my sister, I love you. Of course, you're my favorite. In this moment, you are. (laughs) Um, How do you think concerts will be different when they come back? well, I hope they're not different at all. I don't want them to be different, except if people have missed them so much um, that they're just going nuts. So I hope that's higher energy. That's how I hope they will be. As far as different. I don't want them to be different. I'll I'll tell you this. I'm not getting political here. But I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to force you to wear a mask. I'm not going to force you to be vaccinated. I'm not going to force you to be anything. I think at this point in time, if you are worried, get your vaccination. I think that's responsible, right? Cool. I'll say that for you guys. Um, if you choose not to, and you come to show and you get it, that's on you. You chose not to get the vaccination. Uh, listen, I'm, again, you're probably going to think I'm going politically. here. I'm really not. The point is Buenos Aires is not going to tell you what to do. So on that aspect, I hope nothing changes. I hope it's high energy. I hope the people that want to come to the show vaccinated and wear a mask do so and the people that choose to do whatever they want to do and maybe not do that. So sorry if that pisses anybody off. It's not a political stance. It's the fact that I don't have the right to tell you how to live your life. I don't think anybody does. Why are you such a badass? Well, this question comes from Jeff Kiesel. So thank you, Jeff. You are iconic to me in the world of guitar. Great friend, family friend. Um, You know, I think Jeff Kiesel is one of the greatest right now. One of the most forward-thinking minds as far as, you know, pushing the industry further. And you see often guitar companies will copy what Jeff Kiesel is doing. I don't have to name names but it is what it is um and so when someone that I have that much respect for obviously a very close friend says something like that I'm a badass you know that uh, that means something to me so Jeff you're a badass since when did you play guitar and also say hello to Indonesia well hello and when did I play guitar since I was 10 years old I'm 31 32 tomorrow so that's how long why is your beard so goddamn majestic? I actually think I need to get a little trim right now. But thank you. Uh, it's just—I uh, tell you what—if you're gonna have a beard, beard oil every day, condition, wash and condition it every day. There's nothing worse than a gross beard. It's disgusting. But if you take care of it, I think it's a great thing. It's an addition. But if you don't take care of it, it's a subtraction. It's your creative thought process, any routine. Well, I think I went through my writing process with each band, so I hope that kind of applies here. Are you liberta- libertarian or pro-state? Uh, again, I, you know, I think in this world, there's too much politics being shoved down everyone's throats and everyone thinks their opinion fucking matters. And at the end of the day, guess what? It doesn't. So I will ask, tell you this briefly. I think uh, I would say, yes, I am libertarian. I want less government involved in my life. If I'm leaving people alone and living my life and hurting nobody, I don't think there needs to be any intervention. I understand that's a complicated subject. It's not as easy as that. I understand that. Um, but what my what I want to say is if it was up to me, I want less fucking government in my life. I like to write in MIDI, then learn on guitar. You have any weird or unorthodox writing techniques? No, I don't have oh, I told you my writing techniques. I don't know if they're weird. I think the weirdest part would be me like writing leads to a fucking Harry Styles song and then coming in here and trying to bring it to my own world of music. That might be the weird part. As far as MIDI um yeah i mean i write keys on midi a lot you know i have a keyboard that i'll play things but if i just need to tweak things you know i'll, I'll definitely tweak the midi with a mouse um, drums I, I write the skeletons of songs with midi drums um cool win the new album man um soon all right about out of here let's see why are you, how are you so hot well thank you my sweet wife um, What motivates you? Life. You know, the good, the bad, the ugly. And I think it all needs to be represented in music. New playthroughs. Yeah, we just did one for White Nile. And I just saw the, the fi- I proved the final cut of the White Nile guitar playthrough. So I imagine it could be here any day. Um, And yeah, that's it, guys. So cool. Thank you. I hope you enjoy the fact that I'm leaning into you guys and your questions. That's what's important to me about this podcast. As I said earlier, it's about you guys and me connecting with you, so we're going to do more of that. The goal, and if you follow the podcast so far, you know that I don't ever succeed at this goal. My goal is, if I chill out the structure of it, that I drop you one of these every Friday based around your questions. But uh, don't crucify me if it doesn't happen. All right. thank you guys for tuning in, and I'll see you on the next one. Peace.